Hey there, podcast listeners, and welcome back to episode 10, the last episode of season one of Well Scripted with Dr. Sam. I am your host, Dr. Sam Rasool, and I want to welcome each and every one of you guys back for another fun-filled podcast where it's going to be actually part two of the topic we discussed last week. So I want to welcome you guys back, and let's jump right into it. Podcast number nine was about plant-based diets, fad or fact. Now, we talked a lot about a science surrounding the diet and about the differences between vegan or plant-based diets and keto or paleo diets, the science behind it, the benefits of a plant-based diet. So let's say you've decided to go plant-based, and this is what part two of our podcast series is all about. We're going to talk about the social stigma. You've decided to go plant-based. Now comes the gauntlet of judgment. This is what a lot of my patients, a lot of my friends, different people in the community have come up to me and talked to me and say, Dr. Sam, that's really awesome that you've decided to go plant-based. I went plant-based for about one week, one month. I was vegetarian or vegan for two months, but I couldn't take it anymore with all the criticisms from family, friends, and society in general. How do you deal with that? And that's what this podcast is all about. So let's start with why people go vegan or plant-based. And we discussed that in the last podcast. There is, they're both the same thing, being vegan and plant-based. But there's a reason why I like using the word plant-based. Because vegan, like we said before, Oreos are vegan. Beer is vegan. So you can have an unhealthy vegan just because they're not eating animal products. But you want to stick to a whole food plant-based diet. So let's go back to the question at hand. What are the reasons why become people become vegan? Well, number one, you talk to someone, they could say it's for their health. The health benefits, as we discussed in our last podcast episode, are immense from how it affects your internal organs to your decreased level of fatigue, your increased energy, your vitality, your skin health, your vibrancy, your performance, the list goes on and on. What about the other factors, the environmental factors, the land conservation especially in continents like Africa, that we're seeing more and more preservations that are being smaller and smaller spaces for the preservation of animals because they're being deforestation because of the increased demands for livestock globally. Same thing is going on in South America with our rainforest and the deforestation to make room for our livestock, which provides Basically, only 18% of the world's calories come from livestock, your cattle, your chickens, and your pigs. 18% of the world's calories, yet 83% of the agricultural land globally is designated for livestock. Let that sink in for a moment. 83% of the agricultural land on in the world is designated for livestock and the preservation of livestock for us to have cows, chickens, and pigs, and turkeys. Yet they only make up 18% of the world's calories and what we consume. The other main thing is water conservation. So the main reason why land conservation is so great, so vast, 83%, you're like, 83%, Doc, how can that be? Well, it's because animals consume an average of six times the amount of proteins, protein that they produce. So they consume six times the amount of protein that you actually, once you get them to the 
chopping block, pardon my my, uh, abruptness there, that you only get a fraction of what they've consumed. They are the middleman, and they're taking a huge chunk of the check. One, just for an example, one hamburger, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, one hamburger takes 240 liters of embedded water to produce one hamburger. Okay, one single hamburger. Do the math of 100, 1,000, 100,000 hamburgers consumed on a daily, weekly, my gosh, even a yearly basis. And you can see why we're starting to run out of water on this planet. 27% of all the fresh water globally goes to animal foods because you need to water their feed. You need to give the animals themselves water. And then, not to mention the pollution, you've got to get rid of their waste. And for a lot of these animals, they produce so much more waste than humans. In the United States, for example, the animals, the cattle, the pigs, and the chickens produce 50 times more waste than they do, than the humans, than Americans do. People living in this country, 50 times more waste, none more prevalent than the problems that are seen today in states like North Carolina, where the pig population is so great and they're having such a difficulty in getting rid of the waste product that these pigs are producing on a daily, weekly, and yearly basis, that it is, it is synonymous to the entire Eastern Bloc, from Maine all the way to Florida, flushing their toilets and all of their bowel movements ending up in the state of North Carolina. That's how much, that's how full of it they are. This is, this is why you can see it's a huge problem, not just for land, but for water conservation and the reasons why people do go vegan and or plant-based. Another reason, the, the pollution emissions from animals. 15% of the world's emissions, pollutants, come from animals. The methane gas produced from these animals. That is more than all forms of transportation combined. Airplanes, trains, cars, you name it, all of them combined are still less than all the emissions from the animals in the world. Switching to a plant-based diet as an American in the United States, if one American switches to a fully plant-based diet over a year, They will help conserve 1 million liters of water. 1 million liters per person for being vegan slash plant-based for one year. Globally, we would be saving land masses the size of the entire continent of Africa each year if we were able to go plant-based entirely with our diets. This would help take the pressure off all these conservation sanctuaries for the animals that are in dire need and on the brink of extinction, including rhinos, elephants, and other safari animals. In addition, it would help preserve our rainforest and other natural habitats globally. So you can see how there are economic factors that make many people say, you know what, maybe the meat it just isn't worth it. Maybe having that milk dairy, 
cheeses just aren't worth the sacrifices the world has to make. And then, of course, there's animal rights. Animal rights, especially when you see mass-produced farms. So much so that it is actually, in the United States, illegal. It is illegal to film what goes on inside of a slaughterhouse. It is illegal to take a camera inside of a chicken coop. Have you ever wondered why? Why is it illegal? Because they don't want you to see how poorly these animals are being treated. They're small spaces of living. They're just absolutely disgusting spaces of living. The smell has actually, people have commented that the smell brings tears to your eyes. It's so bad. And in addition, combine that with the poor diets that these animals are on, many of them being fed the excess corn that we're producing at a monumental rate, and we need to give it to something, so let's give it to the animals. Instead of them grazing on grass or the chickens roaming the fields, feasting on the little bugs and worms as they normally would, we're feeding them feed, corn feed to be exact. Also, artificial insemination. For a lot of these animals, we are artificially inseminating them, and then as soon as they give birth, we're ripping away the calf from the mother and thus creating emotional distress for these animals never being with their loved ones, their little ones. And of course, the antibodies and all the medications we're pumping into these animals, not to mention the genetic modifications that we're doing to ensure these animals are growing faster and bigger for what we need them. One such example is chickens. The chickens are being pumped full of so many hormones that they are growing at a two two to three times faster pace than they normally would, and their breasts are two to three times larger than a normal chicken's would be. Why? Because breast meat is the most popular type of meat consumed in the world. So much so, these chickens now have such a large torso and breast because of the increased injection of hormones, many of them can only take a couple of steps before falling to the floor and then attempting to rise up again. Going back to what we talked about, poor spaces of living, and what are they you think that they're dropping down face first and close to? Yeah, that's right, their own waist. They are literally up to their necks and their beaks in their own waist in many of these, pla- in many of these coops. And that's something food industry doesn't want you to see. That can be another reason why that... We want to go plant-based. And you have to understand, people say, so what? So what if we're feeding this? I get to have more breast meat. You ever wondered all the stuff that they're pumping into these animals? Where is it ending up? In their meat? Eventually ending up in our bodies if we consume the meat. You start to then wonder why we're having so many health complications, not only in in these United States, but globally as well, especially in our children, as we're seeing more and more cases of learning disabilities and or growth disruptance or imbalances for many of our kids. That is a crime in itself that has to be addressed. If merely for our future generations, it is something that must be addressed and going plant-based can help alleviate some of these struggles. But let's jump into it now Those are some of the reasons people go plant-based. But what about once you do go, what are some of the hurdles you overcome? 
you, you must overcome. Let's start with the first one, myself included, family. When you decide you want to go plant-based, especially for all my people out there, minorities, ooh, buddy, whether you're Middle Eastern, South American, Asian, of European descent, African, or anywhere on the globe, even in the Eskimo tribes, think about how much meat is a center of your meal. My, I myself am of Persian descent, and when I told my parents that I was going vegan or plant-based, my mother shrugged it off and said, vegan schmegan, you need to eat meat. You have to have meat in your diet. Because why? Why is it that people forcefully want to make you feel ashamed for being plant-based? Because they assimilate meat with protein. Where are you going to get your protein? You are frail. The misconcept, the misconception, I should say, with people that are vegan and or plant-based is that you are stereotypically going to be an 85-pound twig who only eats granola and hugs trees and is the so-called quote-unquote hippie. Not to say there's anything wrong with that, but everyone believes that if you go vegan or plant-based, that is your destiny that you will never be able to put on muscle mass, you will never be able to eat anything, you will be living off salads and granola. And this is something that families are definitely, definitely ready to tell you all about. They also come at you and say, wait, you don't drink milk anymore? Where are you going to get your calcium? Your bones are going to become brittle. You're going to develop osteoporosis, especially for the young ladies that are giving up (gasps) milk. And then wait, no eggs? Are you nuts? Eggs have been a staple for generations in our family. Why in the hell would you give up eggs? My counter to all this, ladies and gentlemen, is very simple. Stay strong and, is, and be an example. Don't get flustered. It's very hard not to. But again, as I always say, turn the other cheek. Just say, you know, I'm trying this diet out and I've heard great things about it and the benefits that follow, and start naming some of the benefits that you've come across. You can share some of the facts and figures that we just discussed right now. In addition, people think that you can't get protein anywhere else but meats. That's not true, as in many of our vegetables, and of course beans and lentils and nuts and tofu, have plenty of protein, if not more advantageous protein, because you can actually digest it. Yes, that's right. It's not just about the protein you take in. It's about how much you digest and use. And plant protein is more easily digested by our bodies than animal protein is. Calcium. Milk and dairy products aren't the only place to get calcium. You can get calcium from your leafy green vegetables. So incorporating more spinach, kale, collard greens, and different leafy green vegetables on your plate can help you gain the calcium that's more easily absorbable without the detrimental effects that milk has, mainly that it is a mucus on your body. It creates a mucosal lining around your intestines that interferes with your body's ability to absorb and thus makes you more sluggish, thus makes you more prone to different ailments of the gut, such as leaky gut syndrome. If you've heard that term, you know it's been thrown around a lot and you know it can lead to a plethora of different symptoms which can include, but not limited to, fatigued, sluggishness, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, 
and the list goes on and on. And of course, the egg theory. No eggs? How dare you? But there are plenty of other things you can do. Plus, we live in the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen. We live in such an the ingenuity of all of our scientists and people in the nutrition world is so phenomenal that we're developing egg substitutes that actually taste like egg, that are made from different things like mung beans, that people are like, wait, mung beans? That's not going to taste like egg. I challenge you to try Just Egg, the egg substitute brand. You can get it from your local grocery store or you can order online. Make yourself an omelet. It may not be exactly like you're used to, but guess what? You may not feel so bloated afterward. You may not feel so sluggish afterward, and you, and you sure as heck will feel a lot better when you're getting that energy and that plant protein in your body. How about your friends? When you talk to your friends, your friends say, whoa, you're vegan now? That's way too extreme. Or they like to throw jabs or insults at you. I love my college fraternity brothers to death. We still tailgate with each other at the University of Miami football games each and every year. We're all season ticket holders, and I love these guys to death. We love throwing little jabs at each other. Things haven't changed since our college days, but they love to th- say when I'm coming, I'm coming to the tailgate, oh, the vegan's here. Throw some grass on the grill for the vegan. <laughs> I laugh it off because you know what? At the end of the day, I know it's doing my body right and it's very good. And again, I go back to what I said about family, lead by example. I go ahead and show up to these tailgates and people are like, well, what are you going to eat? There's nothing for you to eat. So I started taking matters into my own hands, bringing my own snacks and food to the tailgate. At first, people laughed and chuckled at my choices, but inevitably, more people were like, hey, Sam, what are you eating? Can I try some of that? Man, this ain't so bad. Where'd you get this? Did you make this? And now the insults become inquiries and you become an example without ever having to preach about what people can do to incorporate more plants on their plate. And then what about nights out with your friends or get-togethers? Again, you can take advantage by being the example you want to be. If it's a get-together at someone's house, take it upon yourself to bring some snacks. Bring a nut, a nut mix, bring tortilla chips, salsa, and guac. Or if you have a sweet tooth, there are plenty of places that have vegan options for cookies and cupcakes. You can even try to look for your vegan burgers or meatballs to add to the mix. And I guarantee you, you're going to have more than one person ask you, wait, where did you get these? These are absolutely delicious. So go It's always good to go with the flow when eating out. Don't take insult to injury when people are criticizing you, taking jabs at you, but just order what's on the menu that you know falls within your dietary, I don't want to say restrictions, but your dietary choices because you're not restricting your diet. When you go vegan or plant-based, you're actually opening the door to so many options. There are over 300,000 different foods that you could eat. You're opening the door and exploring some things that your taste buds are going to thank you for later. And of course, what about groceries and restaurants? And that segues right into the groceries and restaurants. We talked about the restaurants a little bit. As more there are vegan places you can try out, And try stuff that you're familiar with. 
You love mac and cheese? There's va- there's vegan mac and cheese options. You're a pizza person? Hey, vegan pizza is really good. Give it a try. Burgers are your choice? Try a, a vegan restaurant that has a plethora of different types of burgers. The one thing that you can do now that is so great is that when you eat out with friends or family or going out on a date, so many restaurants are catering to more plant-based and vegan communities by offering more vegan options on their menu. But the best way to make sure that you don't fall into a trap, check the menus before you go, especially if your friends are trying to decide where to eat. Take the bull by the horns. Tell them, hey, I saw these couple of places are pretty good because you've done your due diligence research and you know if they choose any of the next three restaurants that you suggest, there are something for you to eat definitely on the menu. But do your research and always be the voice of, hey, we could try this place out. It doesn't have to be a vegan restaurant every time. It doesn't have to be a plant-based restaurant. But go into places, enjoy with your friends and family, and you can still stay with your dietary choices. When it comes to the grocery store, it's simpler than you think. Many people are like, what am I supposed to eat all day? Salad? No, not boring salad all the time. You can make actually fun-filled salad. You can make great creative salads. But what you want to do when you go into a grocery store is you want to stick to the outside of the store. This is something that's very common with keto and paleo patient, uh, sorry, uh, consumers as well. I want to say patients right there, but <laughs> consumers as well. You want to stick to the outside of the store. Where you fall into the trap is when you start walking down the aisles. Now, walking down the aisles of the grocery store can be obviously advantageous when you're looking for different spices, when you're looking for your beans, dry and or canned, and different other items that could definitely fill your shopping cart. But for the most part, staying on the outskirts of the store is the more beneficial way to go. That's where you're going to get your produce, you'll be able to get your fruits and veggies, you're going to be able to get your almond, coconut, or rice milks. You want to stay away, obviously, from your dairy milks. You're going to be able to get your egg substitutes. You're going to be able to get your fill-in-the-blank of good, wholesome foods that nourish your body. Another thing you want to do is you want to emphasize your fruits and veggies and you want to make sure that you emphasize fiber. People have this misconception that protein, protein, protein is the way to go, yet we're noticing more and more in our research that protein is leading, a plethora of protein consumption is leading to more health complications than benefits, one such being kidney stones, another such being the sluggishness that it can cause on the intestines, that can lead to leaky gut because if you can't digest the meats that you're eating on a large volume basis, they don't just sit in your stomach. They putrefy and rot in your intestines. So you literally have rotting meat slowly and sluggishly moving through your intestines. That's why when I have patients come into my office, although it may be a strange question, I always ask them, how many bowel movements do you have per day? You see, A healthy individual has several bowel movements per day. Several not meaning one or two. Several meaning as many times as you eat, you should probably be using the facilities several times a day because the food is actually being digested, nutrients are being absorbed and used, and waste is being moved out, not sitting and rotting inside of you, which is what many people have and can lead to a world of problems, including inflammation and leaky gut syndrome. And also, 
So going back to it, sorry, with fiber, you want to get your sources from there's certain things as quinoa, rice, couscous, and of course, your plant proteins, stuff that your body can actually absorb. Beans, I'm a big fan. Black beans, dark red kidney beans, kid, dark red kidney beans, canola beans, chickpeas. Tofu is a great option as well. Tempeh, you can look up a lot of good recipes on how to make these wonderful dishes. And after some time, you'll notice that you're not sacrificing that much if you get really creative. Which leads me to my last segment is, what do I eat? We talked about step one, getting creative with your salads. Salad doesn't have to be boring. It's not romaine, it's not, sorry, iceberg lettuce and tomatoes and that's it. And some generic Italian dressing. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Get creative. Get colorful. Do stuff that, look up recipes. There are so many great influencers on Instagram. There are so many great chefs that share pictures and different recipes on what they throw in a salad. Stuff that you wouldn't imagine. You know, a kale salad with pumpkin seeds, broccoli sprouts, red cabbage, some carrots, uh, carrot shavings, and ginger dressing. Sounds strange until you try it. Your taste buds will thank you. Also, emphasize your starches from sources that are natural, like potatoes, sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, quinoa, and plant pastas. You can find a lot of pastas in your grocery store that are lentil-based, that are black bean pastas, chickpea pastas, that actually have a lot of protein in them. So guess what? You don't have to add a chicken breast or meatballs to the mix. You also want to limit your processed foods, guys. Your processed foods, even though they are vegan and they're great, they're still processed. I love my Beyond Meat burgers. And the Beyond Meat products in general. I love myself an Impossible Burger. Ooh, so good. The Tofurky brand, definitely good to throw into the mix every now and again. They're great companies, but guess what, guys? They're still processed foods. I like to stick to as whole food, plant-based as possible. And using the foods like the Beyond Meat burgers, Impossible Burgers, or tacos, and other processed foods as a reward. Just like anybody who's being healthy would tell you, you reward yourself your quote-unquote cheat meal or cheat day by having a hamburger and fries or having a pizza. Well, guess what? You could do the same on a whole food plant-based diet and reward yourself with the impossible or beyond meat burgers and or other foods. Other thing you can do is reward yourself in eating out at wonderful plant-based restaurants where you don't feel so guilty when you're eating such delicious, succulent meals that aren't going to be so detrimental to your gut. Some of my favorites, if you're in the South Florida area, some of my favorites include Planta on South Beach, Thatch in in Midtown, The Vegan Choice right down the street in Midtown, Holy Vegan Kitchen with several locations, H-O-L-I, Vegan Kitchen, Love Life Cafe, ooh, can't beat them, they're so good, and of course my new favorite, Sobe Vegan located in Fort Lauderdale, and they're going to have a second location south of 5th here in Miami Beach soon. 
Ooh, you talk about a, something for everyone. Sobe Vegan's got you covered from healthy options to your so-called vegan cheat meals. Yes, even your buttermilk, quote-unquote, ranch chicken sandwiches. That's right, guys. It is mouth-watering just talking about it. And it's always good to explore different foods. If you always want to try falafels, what about Asian cuisine? Thai has so many vegetables with limited uh limited meats in their cuisine as well. And of course, Mexican, just skip out on the meat, more beans, and you can get really, really creative with your vegetables and sauces. But this is one way to make sure that you combat the social stigma that is and does come when you adopt a plant-based diet. Now, am I telling you that you have to become 100% plant-based? Absolutely not. If you become 20% plant-based, 25, 50 you are making choices that are not only helping yourself and your health, but also making choices that are helping the environment and helping the world for now and for generations to come. So think about this next time you fill your plate. For what you put on your plate not only dictates how your health goes, but thus the health of the world and all of its inhabitants today and tomorrow. I want to thank you guys for listening to well scripted with Dr. Sam. This has been episode 10, which was the part two series of plant-based diets where we talk about the social stigma. I want to thank you guys for listening to season one as we're wrapping up. We're going to come back at you in a little time. We're going to start up season two where we're actually going to start to incorporate more guests on our podcast series. So I look forward to discussing more health topics with guests. And as always, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, have a healthy, happy day.